What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Over Six Sports Podcast. I am Zach the Bandit Burke, and with me, as always, is the Turf King, Cameron Charlton. What's going on, Cam? Man, I know this is going to be our Week 10 recap, and we will get to football, but we got more important football to talk about in this country at the moment. Canada is sitting on top of the CONCACAF table, beating Mexico 2-1 in Edmonton in November, the Ice Teca, they were calling it, as Mexico's <laughs> famous stadiums, the Azteca. Yes. The field was ice all day. Canada pulls it off. It's huge. This is the biggest thing for Canadian soccer. They beat Mexico for the first time in World Cup qualifying in like 40, 50 years. And it's crazy. We're actually sitting ahead of the U.S. and Mexico with a really good chance to qualify for the World Cup. And it feels real. Like you hear other European countries are talking about Canada qualifying for the world cup and are they one of these dark horses that are going to scare a few teams and who would have thought that mexico's the number nine country in the world and we just beat them at soccer the men's and we draw and we draw before yeah the men's soccer team just doesn't do this they they don't you're hoping that they could get the fourth spot to hopefully get into that relegation tournament to maybe qualify for the world cup they have a they should now qualify for the world cup on their own without needing that the top three teams in this qualify and they're sitting first. This is super exciting. You have the best player in CONCACAF, arguably one of the best 20 players in the world. You have the leading scorer in La Liga on your team. Like, this is super exciting to be a Canadian soccer fan right now. Well, Kyle Aaron just put on an absolute show last night. Um, you know, one of the older guys, one of the guys who's played, I mean, he's leading all men's national players with 22 goals which sounds impressive, international goals, which sounds impressive until you realize Chris, uh, Christine Sinclair has 180, whatever it is, 182 or whatever it is. Like, she has a ridiculous amount. Um, and, I mean, you're calling Kyle Laren old. He's 26 years old. Well, yeah, that's the thing, right? But, like, he's the veteran of the team. Like, yeah, this is he, the crazy is. part. I mean, like, he's, he's the veteran of the team. Of Hutchison, tw- but yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, that's the thing. Like, it's just, it's just nuts. Like before yeah, that, they had like Jonathan who? David's twenty one. Alfonso Davies is super young too. Kyle Aaron's like this veteran. He's twenty six. Was like a number one pick in the MLS a few years ago. Now overseas, but yeah, it's crazy how young and exciting this team is. I mean, they almost they almost twenty eight to three did at the end there. Um, you know, ninetieth minute goal, and then uh, uh, Boyer saves it on the goal line, like arguably the save of Concacaf thus far, and. Man, like they almost they almost choked it away, but at the end of the day, uh, one of the things I really liked was was how chippy they were getting. Like Mexico was pushing on them, like in terms of actual like just outside of football, they were just kind of you know shoving and all this kind of chirping. And the Canadians were like, "Dude, you're in Edmonton. Like we're a hockey country. Like get the fuck out of our face." Like I just love to see that um, because like how often in, in these you know in soccer and all this kind of stuff, you get a shove from a guy, and you fall. You're falling on the ground, clutching your leg, clutching, clutching your face, just making it. And then, you know, Canadian guys, like, we don't give two shits. Like, whatever, man. Like, I, I, I just love to see it. You love to see the celebration afterwards as well. The the Sally after the Kyle Aaron goal where, uh, I forget who it was, but jumped into a snowbank. Like, man, how can you not get behind this? Even if you're not a big soccer fan, anytime. Like, the same with whether it's tennis with, uh, with um, Fernandez or it's, uh, you know, whatever it is, right? Like anytime Canada has success, uh, it, it's always great to be a part of it and uh, excited to see it's what national pride. Oh, for sure. National pride. Especially when we're bad at something. I think that's the other thing is, is like if Canada has success at hockey, we're like, 
if they if we don't win a gold medal in hockey, it's like a national embarrassment, right? But like when the Raptors win the the championship or you know, the Canadian women's team wins the gold medal or the men's team makes the world cup. Like this is a big deal because this is, these are sports that we haven't necessarily thrived in, uh, over the years. I mean, Canadians haven't really thrived in the NHL in terms of NHL teams and hockey, but whatever, that's a different conversation, but in terms of the national level and, and again, sports, we don't really, we haven't really have the history of, it's great to see us advancing in these sports and hopefully that, uh, that continues. Although I would be choked if they got into like the division of death in the, in the world cup, like that would be like, yeah, I mean, we have to have modest our expectations here. They're Canada not winning the world a, cup. No, they're, they're not. It's going to be a big thing when they qualify. Cause it's huge for the program. It's huge for going forward. They can do it here. We probably are hosting the next one. So they will be in that one anyways, but it's just exciting. Like this is a huge stepping stone for the program for years to come. You have your core guys, Alfonso Davies, Jonathan David. These guys have two or three World Cup more in them easy. Like, this is still super exciting. And, yeah, they're pro- they're not going to win the World no. Cup. No. They're not. No. But can we start to get into the conversation of being a top 20 soccer country That'd in the world? That'd be fine. Can we top 15? Like, Mexico's number nine. There's a legit talk that we could compete with these Europeans. We're, again, and South, and South America And South Cup. Americans, too. Like, yeah. like Brazil and, and Argentina and, like, some of these teams, like, like these guys have been, you know, football legends for years and years. Um, if we can get a sniff at it, that would be great. I actually think too is like a lot of these guys. I know that you know Alfonso Davies plays over in uh, in Germany, but um, for Bayern Munich. But you know, like a lot of these guys that are playing on the, the you know the national team, they they play not top tier football. Like they play MLS. They play. Uh, Laren plays in Turkey, doesn't he? Like he played MLS before. Yeah, I mean, it's still. It's still a top division in Turkey, and it's still like it, it is. But Turkey that's like team the KHL, for the champions. Yeah, but like, like KHL. No, because they still have the top. Yeah, teams but in that they. But still when has a Turkish team done well in Champions League? Never. They make the round of sixteen and stuff. There's a couple good teams there. It's no different than like. How come this, MLS isn't uh, part of that? Like the Italy, they, there's a Champions League for Concacaf. They go against the top Mexican teams and stuff. TFC's been there a few times. They've been in the final. It's just not the same thing. But, yeah, even most of these guys now for Canada are playing over there, and it's huge to be on those top Turkey teams. You see guys all the time be over there. Yeah, nobody's playing at Bayern and being a huge pit piece there, but I just remember growing up and the huge things were Atiba Hutchison was over in Europe. Junior Hoylet was over in Europe. We have a couple guys over in Europe. The rest of the team's MLS. Now it's like we have guys who are leading La Liga in points. We have a guy who was named to the top 11 in the world who won the champions league. Like this is, we have legit footballers coming out of this country now. I can't believe that Alfonso Davies still plays defense. Like to me, that's nuts. We're like, like he can play any position obviously. And he's super skilled, but they're like, yeah, we're going to put you on defense, which is crazy considering that like there's guys at striker better than him. Like this is like the notch up from like Ronaldo to Alfonso Davies. Like it's just, it's, it, it's nuts. It probably blows people's mind. Like you watch him play for Canada and he's playing striker. He's playing an attacking midfield role. And then he just goes back to Byron and he's the best left defender in the world. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, cool. He could just do it all. I yeah. guess. Anyway, that's so, I, I mean, that's obviously, you know, super exciting. And uh, the Leafs are on a, on a nice heater four in a row, 11, five and one. Now we're starting to heat up. The big boys are playing. Neander's playing well. Carrie price is skating again. So that's good for you. Um, the Habs, that you know, just in terms of their 
you know, their record and schedule has been, uh, I don't know, they've been okay considering that their number one goaltender is not playing. Well, they just have so many injuries, so many things going wrong. Nick Suzuki's looking like a stud. Caden Primo looked really good yesterday, even though they lost. So there's a lot of good things happening right now, but it's an unfortunate year. And it's just at this point, I watch a game and I'm like, this is just the perfect year to reset. You've had, you've missed more injuries than anybody else. You've missed more games than anybody else. That side of it, you keep missing more guys. Edmondson isn't ready. Price isn't ready. Guys keep going out. Like Matthew Perot's getting his second eye surgery now. Like things are not going well. Let's reset. Let's get a top draft pick. You still got a really good young core. It's just that kind of year and things off the ice have gone so terribly. So it's hard to expect good things on the ice. Well, the only Leafs news I have is they signed Kyle Clifford. So, you know, that well they trade well they traded for Kyle Clifford for future considerations, which basically means nothing. They they signed him or traded him for Kyle nothing. Kyle Clifford was on waivers, so it was just kind of to avoid that whole situation. Yeah. It was basically nothing, but you bring in a bit of grit, whether he plays, whether he doesn't. Um I mean he's played on the Leafs before. He's not gonna knock the lights out. Um William Nylander is the best player on the uh on the Toronto Maple Leafs right now, and I don't uh, – you can fight me on that as much as you want, but I have no doubt. No, watching the games this year, William Nylander's been their best player this year. Is he their best player? Probably not, but he has been so far this yep. season, in my opinion, it's just, and in yours. It's so. just nice to see the big boys play. Like, the big boys are actually playing good hockey. That's all I get. That's that's what we talk – when we were talking about, like, the sky is falling after our 2-1 two, two and one or 2-3-1 and one start, like, that's all I said was, like, the big boys just got to play. Settle down. Everything's going to be fine. And they shot up to 11-5-1. There you go. Uh, all right. Do you want to break down our picks from last week? I definitely do. I thought you were going to say do not with how poorly they went, but it's too bad. It's the over six NFL picks week 10. We uh, we had ourselves a week. It started off, uh, you know, really hot for some of us and not so hot for other of us. And then it kind of all evened out in the end. And the last game of the week was the shock of the season. I don't know if that's uh, it might be too bold, but it definitely screwed my uh, screwed my bankroll and screwed one of my locks. Uh, Cam, we're gonna start it off with a Thursday nighter, and uh, this is one of the ones that I was I was happy to be correct about, and frankly, uh, with some of the Ravens fans I know, uh, was a nice spot to finally be able to have some rub-in content with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, this is the Miami team that we thought they could be before the year. You learned in a hurry that this defense can be good. Javon Holland was the story of this game. I know Xavier Howard is getting the praise for the fumble, but to me watching that game, Javon Holland was massive. He stood out every play on defense. They definitely schemed it well, and it's interesting to see if other teams play this zero safety look full-on blitz against Lamar because it seemed to work. He was a little confused, couldn't react quickly, and you just don't see that from Lamar. And by running that no safety look and then blitzing, especially with the athletic safeties that Miami has, it just makes it tough to run as the quarterback too. We learned in a hurry in the first half, Jacoby Brissett is still horrible. Yep. And this offense can't do anything with him in. And Tua looked pretty decent. He got the job done that he needed it to. Nice little rushing touchdown to add it to it. And, uh, again, still don't know if he's the answer, but he's much better than Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett is, is, is just terrible. Um, 
I mean, you can knock two all you want, but if they kept Jacoby Brissett in that game, they were going to lose. Uh, by the way, Miami Dolphins won 22-10 over the uh, Baltimore Ravens on Thursday Night Football. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, dude, I, I just – this is the thing that, like, they won. They, Miami's won. They won two, two games in a row, and I'm left here feeling robbed. I'm left that I left that game thinking, why the hell? Where the hell was this defense the last seven, like seven prior weeks? Like, if you played that defense against the Jags, if you played that, I mean, the Bills game, okay, you could Injured. argue, yeah, I mean, I get, I, I know there's injuries, I get that, but like, still, I, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not convinced that two guys can, like, to me, it's just an attitude. I don't know if they had this losing attitude or what happened, but I don't think that they were that injured that they couldn't at least put an effort in because it just seems they couldn't get through any offensive line in the league. Yeah, I mean, the, your corners weren't playing. And when you look at guys, like, guys don't want to throw to either of those corners away. So it just gives you more time. Like, some of these blitzes and some of these sacks that they're picking up are coverage sacks because the corners are that good and nobody wants to throw to them. When they were injured and then not even playing in games, that hurts, especially teams like the Jags like you're not going to have Marvin Jones go off again now that you have Howard and Jones both healthy and you got your safeties looking the way they are it's not going to happen so yeah injuries hurt there's not excuses for their games they got out coached in some of them by Urban Meyer which is an embarrassment so I mean this is huge they got a pretty easy schedule coming up now they got the Jets twice Houston Panthers like there's some winnable games in here like it's not out of the question to be seven and seven or at least six and eight coming out of some of this like they could get back to 500 here not that difficultly so it's it's kind of exciting i mean you never know with how upside down this league is if they could sneak into a playoff spot this year i'm not expecting it but you never no. know anymore i think the miami dolphins making the playoffs is about the same odds as canadian men's national team winning the uh, world cup i would say that's probably actually the dolphins probably have a better chance but i digress uh let's get into the 1 p.m slate on sunday yeah, so I know you mentioned the Monday nighter might have been the most shocking game, but the Sunday night, 1 p.m., this had to be the shock of the weekend. Tampa Bay heading to Washington favored by 9.5, and, and they lost by 10 mm. to the Washington football team. Tampa Bay losing by 10 to this Washington football team. Washington football team loses Chase Young in this game for the year, too. That's a huge piece of this defense, and Tom Brady just didn't look good. at Two interceptions early on. Well, and... Yeah, I mean, you, you had a cut, you had Gronk out, and you had uh, they had a wide receiver out. Antonio Brown was out of this game. Um, I don't even think their offense really is, you know, it was bad. But like Washington, like sorry, what was going on with Tampa's defense? This is what I don't like. How do you let Washington put up twenty nine points against you? Your secondary is not good. Everyone knows that on Tampa. Their secondary is not great. Right. Then they lose v Vita Vey left in this game, so that opened up some holes for Gibson. He wasn't super efficient, got in the end zone twice, but everyone knows you can pass on this. You can, team. but like we also and, talked about how the Washington football team doesn't have the best wide receivers. Like teams have played the Bucks, who have had better wide receivers and a better quarterback and have lost. Like they had, they, they put up less points. I, I just, to me, it was just one of those games where they just, it just didn't look like they had it. Um, I mean, in, in the league, this it doesn't happen that often, but every once in a while, the the worst team, and you could argue Miami was the same against the Ravens, although I feel like Miami's kind of changed their momentum. Um, I don't know. Washington just, just got it done. Heineke looked all right. 
Yeah, and I mean, when you look at it, it is the offense making the issues and not so much the defense. Like two interceptions, you're putting it Washington in good field position. That's a lot easier to get points off those field positions yep, when that's you're true. throwing bad interceptions, especially early in the game. And I think that made a big difference getting Tampa in a hole. But uh, ready to move along to the most exciting game of the week? I am. I'm actually excited to talk about this one. Detroit at Pittsburgh. Did Detroit lose, Cam? <laughs> they did not. Oh, baby. Did they win? No. <laughs> no. Did either team want to win this game? Absolutely not. Did no. Detroit so cover? Game, they did. <laughs> I think I think any tie in the NFL, they should just throw out all bets. Yeah, it's like a the wash. amount of people who lost who who lost in uh, survivor pools too was crazy on this game. Yeah. And it's like my team didn't lose though. Yeah, yeah but they didn't win. No, they didn't win. Oh man, yeah, this was just I don't even want to read into this game too much. Mason Rudolph's not very good. Jared Goff's not very good. Pittsburgh D was kind of all over the place. Minka Fitzpatrick looks like he's going to be out for COVID this week. TJ Watt left for a big section of that game. That makes a massive difference, but again, neither team wanted to win this game. And how bad Big Ben is for throwing the ball, he still makes a lot of good choices and can get the ball in to the line of scrimmage for his playmakers. As you learn, that's somewhat all you need to do when you have playmakers like Johnson, Harris, Fryermuth, and Mason Rudolph couldn't even do that. What was the line when we picked? Nine. And I think it was at six at a tip-off or whatever kickoff. Yeah. Um. So Big Ben is a three-point swing to Mason Rudolph. Does that make sense? Yeah, probably. Um, After watching the game, for sure it oh, does. Because yes. Big Ben, again, he has no arm left, but he's still got a good head he can, on him. He, like can, he, still he knows- can check down. Yeah, he still knows how to make the right plays and find the right guys in space and know how to read defenses. He's got no arm left, but he definitely is more valuable than Mason Rudolph. Both teams had a chance to win this game in overtime, uh, and the Lions had a chance to win it at the end of the game. And, man, I don't know how that kicker is not released because you have a chance to win the game. It was a 45-yard field goal. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't close. But you know what his, you know what his career long is? What? 36 yards. Get this guy off the field. There, I, dude, I'm not even kidding. Like, there are kids who were not drafted that I guarantee. I would, I would fancy a bet that there are like a thousand people who can hit a field goal longer than 35 yards. I'm telling you for free. It's that's that's the thing is you get a team like Jacksonville this year who went with the young guy, rookie Wright, who has a heck of a leg. He's missed a couple ones he should hit. But he's hit some a bunch over 50 yards, and he has a leg that he can hit 60 yards. When you're a team that's not going to be very good this year, why are you not giving a young guy like that a shot? Yeah. A guy with a big leg who you think you can work with, not a guy who can't even hit a 40-yard field goal and is not very accurate. It makes did no sense. S- Just adds to the fact that Detroit's really not trying to win. Did you see the look on the kicker's face when he missed that? It's almost like like he didn't even look sad. He just looked, he's like, oh, missed another one above 37 and i was like i i seriously was looking yelling at the tv like how does this guy have a job it wasn't a bad snap it wasn't a bad hold the guy just looked like he toe punted it 20 yards down the field like anyway ridiculous don't want to talk about it anymore um tie game first one in the nfl this year uh lions cover i'm happy about it um sorry for all the survivor pool people yeah moving along we had new orleans heading to tennessee tennessee was favored by three they did not cover the game. Ended up finishing 23-21, only two-point win. This was kind of a weird game, kind of back and forth. New Orleans kind of backdoored this a bit, but it was kind of it, it did feel like a game where both teams were kind of in it the entire game. You had no Elvin Kamara in this game. 
you had no Derrick Henry still for Tennessee, but it was just kind of an odd game, and I don't really know how to read into it. New Orleans offense is not very good with uh, everybody they have. No Jameis now, no Kamara, no Thomas. They're not very good that way. And uh, Tennessee's still, I mean, I don't know how you don't think they're the top team. They found a way to get this one done. Yeah, they didn't cover the three points, though. Pisses me off. Because, like, I, I, I did catch some of this game. That was a nice thing about Miami playing on Thursday. I had a chance to watch some red zone. Um, never once in this game that I feel like Tennessee was in actual danger of losing this game. Not for one second. I know they only won by two points, but I was like, nah, they're not going to lose this game. The money line was safe, but not to cover the three. I was like, I was a little, I felt a little robbed, but that's my take. That's it. That's all I got. Because honestly, like other than that, um, yeah, this Tennessee team just keeps finding ways to win. And, you know, this, the Saints team missing offensive weapons still have proved that they have decent defense, obviously. Um, so, hey, at this point, and at this point in the season with the games that have happened and the teams that have beat other teams, especially this week, a win is a win. Move on from it. Yep. So moving right along, we had Atlanta heading to Dallas. Dallas favored by nine, and they covered nine very quickly. 43-3. to three. The Falcons are no good. They've won a bunch of really close games that they shouldn't have, and they got destroyed by this Cowboys team. And I know Atlanta beat Miami, but that was a fluke in my opinion, and they're not very good. Uh, Dallas took it to them here and wasn't much of a game. Yeah, I had Dallas covering the spread on this one, and I, you know, it was to me, I, I thought after a bad week the week before, it should be a no doubter, uh, and it was a no doubter. Um, you know, the. <laughs> The thing is, too, is, man, like, the the amount of shit that I hear about, oh, Atlanta's in a playoff spot, they're going to make the... No, dude, if this team makes the playoffs, I don't even care about... Well, because you talked about this, just get in the dance. Anybody's got a chance. Except for the fucking Atlanta Falcons. They have no chance. And they were down 28-3 to to Dan... Was it Dan Quinn on the other side? It was Dan Quinn on yeah, the other side. Yeah, that's what I thought. 28-3, to which, by the way, then became 31-3, to which then became... 38 to three like it just it got out of hand really really quick and Atlanta doesn't have the weapons right now with Ridley out and they just don't have the weapons to come back from that um it would have been awesome to see a 28 to three comeback especially um you know with the with Dan Quinn <laughs> that's who you're playing against but what can you do uh the Cowboys continue to cover though man they are they are eight and one eight and one against the spread this year it's not a fluke anymore no, I never said it was a fluke, but they weren't going to win everyone, and I was right. I had them covering this week, too. Atlanta's just no good, so I think we're good to move along. I think so. Moving along, Cleveland heading to New England. New England was favored by two, and they covered. They covered by covered a lot. big. 45-7. to seven. And this game didn't shock me with Cleveland not scoring a lot. No Nick Chubb. We all know Baker's really not that good. The thing that shocked me was the Patriots being able to tear apart this Browns defense. That's been pretty good this year. Mac Jones looked really good. And this is just, this is what Bill Belichick does. Every team he has gets better as he, as the year goes on this team, he built, he spent a lot of money in this offseason to build this team and they're getting better each week. Mac Jones is getting better each week. This defense is getting better each week. This offense it's coming along. And I know last year was the big talk. Brady finally did it without bill. It was all Brady. Bill Belichick's still one of the best coaches of all time, and he's proven it this year. And they're, I hate to say it, New England's a good team this year. I was just about to ask, is New England a good team? And it seems yeah. they're trending in that direction. 
uh, the second I... the second thing is is that um, it, we can acknowledge that the success between of the Patriots was Bill and Tom Brady. And I don't know why this narrative of one or the other, they both proven that, I mean, Bill hasn't won a Super Bowl, so that's one thing, but he also doesn't have the same weapons as Brady did in Tampa Bay. So I could, you could, I mean, the reality is, is that Tom Brady won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. So can he do it without Bill? Sure. But Bill's turned this ragtag team that in a sense, not ragtag, but like in a sense, a team that I thought at the start of the year, maybe wouldn't have as much success. I had them third in the division um, behind Miami, which that, that has not aged well. Um, but man, they, they've, they've seen the turn it around and, and, uh, as, as they do and Bill will never retire ever. No. And to me, like, I actually, am starting to feel more confident in this Patriots teams than I do this Bills team. The Bill. Yeah. Well, that's true. Let's get into it. Yeah, moving along, the Bills went to the New York Jets. Bills were laying 12 points. They covered quite easily, 45-17. Mike Wright's not good. He Or White. White. Or what, I, Mike I Wright? Gonna More be like Mike Wrong. Yeah. He's going to be on a practice squad next week anyways. Joe Flacco getting the start. Zach Wilson back on the bench. He's not good. He had one good game where he looked impressive, but that was just kind of a get-up spot. He's not that good, so... Uh, I mean, I don't know what to read into these Jets. I don't think they're that good. They kind of shocked were what I thought they were earlier in the year, and now they're turning into what I was afraid they could be. I thought the Jets were going to be kind of pesky, but they're really not. And this Bills team, this was a perfect get-right spot for the Bills, and they did just that. Huge bounce-back spot for the Bills. I believe that on the on the picks pod last week, the first thing, the only thing I said on this uh, was Bills, Bills, Bills because this was their spot to cover. They did easily on the road. Not shocking to me whatsoever. Going with Joe Flacco, to me, also with the Jets, makes no sense. Uh, I'll have more on that on our picks pod, because he could have a rough, rough Sunday uh, in a couple of days. Moving along to the last 1 p.m. slate, we had Jacksonville heading to Indy. Indy was favored by 10.5, and and Jacksonville covered, but this game, I know it seemed close late, Indy was up 17-0 in the first quarter and then just kind of fell asleep. Let the Jags back into it. We get 100 quick yards, a touchdown from Jonathan Taylor. No, let's just stop running the ball. Great idea, Colts. Jonathan Taylor's just going off. We're just going to stop running it. Why would we use our best player to just keep running the ball? Yeah, that was – yeah, I'm pissed they didn't cover that game because it looked so good early. Like, so good. And I just wonder if they're just trying to give their their stud a rest. I don't know what – what they're doing. I'm, I'm not even going to give the Jags the credit that they're pesky. I still think the Jags are bad. Um, I mean, yeah, ten and a, was it 10 and a half by Indy was the cover of 10? Yeah, and it wasn't really that mm. close to a cover late. No, like it, like the cover was gone at the start of the fourth quarter. Like it just didn't look like Indianapolis had any interest whatsoever in, in really trying to stretch it out. Um, but, I mean, it is, you know, you ran out of clock. It is what it is. I, one of the, Again, one of those games where I didn't think that the Colts were ever in danger of losing this one. I know friends of ours and people we talked talk to were like, I don't know, Jags are coming back. And I'm like, no, they're not coming back. It's over. Never in doubt. Yeah, and I know it was a touchy subject in one of our group chats, but I'm starting to wonder about Trevor Lawrence a little bit. Not saying he's not going to be a quarterback or a franchise quarterback and stuff. I just... I'm at the point where I don't think he's ever going to live up to the expectations. I'm just watching him miss passes to open guys and overthrowing guys a lot. Do I think he's still going to figure it out and be an NFL starter and probably a ten, top 10 quarterback in the league regularly? Yes. Do I think he's going to be a generational talent anymore? That's where I'm leaning no. It's not that I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a terrible quarterback. 
I just don't think he's going to be that generational guy that everyone thought he was in college. He's Matt Stafford. That's exactly who he is. He's Matt Stafford. He's a good quarterback, a good slash great court can could be a good slash great quarterback, but is not like a Tom Brady or a I don't know Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees or whoever like that. He's not in that kind of tier yet. Got to give the guy some time because even with Tua, we're giving him time. Let's give Trevor some time. But yeah, I don't know about um, generational might be a stretch at this point. Moving along, Sunday, 4 p.m. games. We had Minnesota heading to the Chargers. Chargers were favored by three. Minnesota wins this game 27-20. I mean, we both kind of had the same play here. We thought Minnesota, they're going to keep this close. Whether they win by a score or lose by a score, they're going to keep it close. They did exactly that. Brandon Staley is the coach for the Chargers. You're wondering a little more about this offense has just got quite stagnant quickly, and uh, Justin Herbert hasn't looked as good as he did in year one or even the first couple weeks this year. You know who this Chargers team starting to look like? The Chargers team from last year with Anthony Lynn. It's The, the, the similarities are striking here. They can't seem to get the job done. I don't know what's going I mean, they're not blowing leads, so that's good. But they're not getting yeah, leads. That, that's the biggest thing is their offense is actually way worse without Anthony Lynn there. And you actually look at Anthony Lynn. He's a great offensive coordinator. Terrible game manager. Yep. Great offensive coordinator. And this offense is really struggling without him. And they just don't seem to be managing green games great either. I don't really know what to read into this Chargers team anymore. And, I mean, the Vikings aren't any better. I don't really know what to think. They could easily have two more wins. It's just kind of both teams are kind of middling where they both have a chance at making the playoffs here. And could they win a game in the playoffs? For sure. Or could they just miss out on the playoffs? Yeah, I wouldn't really be surprised. So. Vikings got a lot of weapons, man. They got a lot of weapons. And not that they're saying the Chargers don't, but I will say that it is nice that Herbert's lost, like, I don't know, three in a row. Uh, because now I don't have to hear about how the Dolphins should have drafted uh, Herbert as much. Those comments have kind of shut up a little bit. So that's been nice. Yeah, he's not throwing for 300 yards and four touchdowns every game, so it's a little closer. Yep. Moving along to the probably a bigger surprise still to me than Monday night. I guess it shouldn't have been. Carolina 34, Arizona Cardinals 10. Arizona kind of mailed it in on this game, resting Kyler, resting Hopkins again. Sounds like they probably could have gone, but you got Seattle the next week. You came off a big win with Colt McCoy where he looked good, so why push these guys? These are your franchise guys. You're in first place. You're in a good spot. Made a ton of sense. Carolina offense looked much better without Sam Darnold. And I have to say one thing. Oh, no. Whether you like Cam Newton or not, something about Cam Newton in a Carolina Panthers jersey is just right for the NFL. It's the way it should be. Man, I actually was, like, sick when I saw him running that touchdown because I just knew how insufferable the fan base and how insufferable Cam Newton would be. Um, like it, like, oh my gosh, like he guy gets the first touchdown he runs in, you know, he gets an unsportsmanlike penalty screams. So, I'm back. Oh my gosh, this guy, I do, I do have a question here. So he screams, I'm back at the crowd and at everybody unsportsmanlike penalty. Aaron Rodgers saying, I fucking own you. No penalty. Yeah. Because one has clout and one doesn't. One's a little bitch. And well, I guess both are a little bitch, but like one is, one is a very well-established I mean, he, Aaron Rodgers didn't take his helmet off. I think that's where the unsportsmanlike penalty was. Like the the helmet was a little unnecessary. I don't, I don't know. Like I I I, I like and I loved I loved it. I, it just makes me sick. It just makes me sick that 
he's back doing this. And I'm sure that the Panthers, uh, I mean, the Panthers are paying like five quarterbacks right now that are on, that are not on the team. And they all went back to Cam Newton. Thought I saw a lot of Thanos memes, but whatever. We'll see if he can keep it up. I still don't think he's that good of a quarterback. Nope, but he can't be any worse than Sam Darnold. Also so true. That's the big question. That is also, that is also and you true. have a couple massive playmakers on this team. So it'll be interesting. This defense has been really good. Yeah, so shout I think out. This, Carol- this Carolina team with a healthy McCaffrey and a really good defense, I think they could be interesting and kind of pesky here. Kind of back to what I thought they were at the beginning of the year. Yeah, shout out, by the way, before we go to the next game, shout out to the Panthers D, man. They they showed up. Like, I mean, they had two turnovers in the first two possessions by the Cardinals. Um, man, they look they look good early. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. They just they just took it to them. And I, I don't I don't think this knocks the Cardinals, in my opinion. Like, if you don't have Kyler Murray, you're not the same team. That's just I think that's easy to say. Um, especially without your number one wide receiver. I mean, Colt McCoy to Christian uh Colt McCoy to Christian Kirk is not going to be the connection that has a playoff potential. So moving along, we had Philly heading to Denver, Denver favored by three and Philly took it to them 30 to 13. This was actually the first game where Jalen hurts looked like he could pass the football that I've seen. And I'll give credit where credit's due. I I don't think Jalen hurts has been that good. He's looked like a running back, but he was quite good. This game and Philly was quite good. Denver just kind of doing what they do. And, not really being that good, but not being that bad. This was a letdown spot after the week before, I thought. Yeah, it pretty much was. And, um, you know, maybe we gave too much credit to Denver's D. Uh, not sure if that was the – if that what was going on. But, yeah, I mean, the the Eagles have now got four wins, dude. So, they got, you know, I had them at 5-12. and 12. They got one more win allowed. That's fine. Um, I don't know. Devonta Smith has looked good in back-to-back weeks. Um, you know. His, uh, which is not surprising. I mean, he's good, really good wide receiver. He rides and dies with Jalen Hurts. So if Jalen Hurts is going to ball out and throw the ball like he does, then those wide receivers are going to have success. And uh, yeah, Broncos, uh, Teddy Dugloves just couldn't, was just not, not getting it done. That that's about as much as I can say. It wasn't a road spot where he needed to cover. So no, exactly a home game. Like yeah, heaven forbid you actually perform well at a home game. God. Moving into the last 4 p.m. slate, we had Seattle heading to Green Bay. Green Bay favored by three and a half. They cover 17 nothing. Yep. Green Bay, I don't really baby. know if I want to read too much into this game. Like, Green Bay's passing defense looked good. Russ didn't quite look as good as he is. I mean, he's coming off of finger surgery, so I didn't know what to expect going forward. Russ isn't going to have two bad weeks like that in a row. First time in his career he had been shut out. He's not going to do that again. So I'm not going to read too much into Seattle here. You still had to go with Russ if he's healthy. I expect Russ to cook next week. Green Bay's defense looks really impressive, and uh, they're a good team, but I can't cheer for them ever. D- Green Bay might be the most underrated defense in the last six weeks. Like, their their defense and their defensive numbers have actually been impressive. Um, but, again, right, like, like without Aaron Rodgers, they, you know, it, it's been tough the last week, but then Aaron Rodgers, you know, comes back and, does nothing and uh against russ who comes back and does nothing worse he does nothing minus um honestly watching this game it was so boring yeah it was a horror oh my gosh one of the most boring games and like this should be a marquee matchup game and it was so freaking boring aaron jones going out basically screws my fantasy season again oh it's been a rough go but uh 
Anyway, we got two more exciting games that uh, that are that are good to talk about. Sunday night football, KC went to Vegas favored by two and a half. They win the game 41-14. Boom. This game was closer than 41-14. There was a lot of bobbles, a couple weird fumbles. I mean, Vegas was never going to win this game, no. but it should have been closer than it was. What a game by Pat Mahomes. Though. 406 yards, five touchdowns. He balled out. This looked like the KC offense that we expected. Dude, Tyree killed the same touchdown. In the, like twice in the same game. Like the easy little rollout into the corner, boom. Ten, five yarder, twice. I've never seen Tyree Kill more uncovered in a football game than this week. Like it was outrageous, especially as a fantasy owner. Like I'm playing against, I played against both these guys on a stack this week, and I was like, oh my gosh, will somebody cover Tyree Kill, please? How are you letting their number one wide receiver just go uncovered in the end zone? Not once, but twice. And you can say, well, you know, Pat Mahomes and deception. No, I don't care about any of that. You, If you don't have a guy on Tyreek Hill the whole game, you're going to lose the game. It's that simple. And, man, Waller again. I didn't think this guy's been one of the most inconsistent tight ends this year. All the tight ends have been inconsistent this year other than if your name is uh, – what's his face? Kelsey. He's Actually, no, he's had a couple of bad games too. Uh, Kittle's been all right. But, man, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, no, Waller's probably the second most disappointing player in fantasy this year. He was drafted in a lot of second rounds. Allen Robinson's the most disappointing by far. It's not even close, but Darren Waller's probably second here. I think they got to start using him if they want to win games. I think not having rugs to stretch the field and open up Waller's hurting them a bit. And, I mean, I just – I think maybe too much I – mean, it's at the point where too much has gone on with this Vegas team this year. Everything with Gruden, everything with rugs. I don't know if they're going to be able to pull through all of it. It's a lot for – a team, any team to have to deal with in a year, especially a team like Vegas. So it'll be interesting to see what they can do. I mean, this division is still wide open, but uh, KC takes top spot again. And are they going to look back at all with the way they looked on Sunday night? No. Nope. They're going to win the division just like we thought. I mean, it was a rocky start, but they're. it seems like they're getting it together. Moving along to Monday night football. We had the LA Rams heading to San Fran. LA favored by four. They lose 31 to 10. I know Matt Stafford wasn't very good. The biggest guy I want to blame here, Tyler Higby. He had a drop deflected catch that he should have caught for a pick six the other way. He dropped it twice on third downs when he was wide open. He was not good. And he had and then just Van Jefferson dropping one in the end zone too. Like Matthew Stafford was not good, but he didn't get any help at all. And it's funny to hear Odell's already screwing with this offense. Early in the game, they wanted to go tempo. They can't go tempo because he doesn't know the playbook. And just a few other things that you're like, yep, Odell is a cancer. Yeah, I know. Like it's, And you could tell that they were targeting him early. And I, I, I get it, right? Like I totally I totally get it. Like it's, you want to get the new guy involved and, um, you know, but sometimes that hurts you, man. This is, the, it's just one of those things where, they should have stuck with what's got them to this point, right? I mean, the defense, by the way, did not play well. Now, part of that is, is they were on the field 90% of the game because they turned it over so many times. Like, like all that has to be considered. They were put in bad spots, um, like horrible field position. But, like, you got to stick with what you've, like, you know, with, with, with what's been working for you. I, You know, Cooper Cup didn't have the greatest game ever. Um, you know, your run game wasn't 
like it was he was okay. I mean, well, yeah, he I got eleven receptions for 122. Yards. I know, that's but like that's decent. not a Cooper Cup game. A Cooper Cup game is like 200 yards. You know what I'm saying? Like there, all the balls that you chucked at Odell early, and like I and Stafford to me again, he's throwing balls high, he's throwing balls wide. Um, I'm not reading too much into this game, honestly, because. Like, you can tout San Francisco all you want. I mean, Debo Samuel had a monster game. He's a running back. He's a wide receiver. He was unbelievable. Uh, but the Rams just were completely out of sync. Um, I don't expect to see that moving forward. No, this offense was a lot of out of sync, and I want to throw all the blame on Odell. But you're also lost Robert Woods for the year, and that's huge. This guy's been a top 12 wide receiver this season. And when you have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods working the way they do together, it makes the field just open up so much more. And San Fran, how bad I don't think, or how bad I kind of think they are, and how good I don't think they are. They've had a lot of injuries, and I think that impacts it. They can stay tight in games, and they just got the turnovers at the right time and took advantage. So, to me, that's all it is. And I'm just starting to wonder if this Rams team can come back. They seem to struggle when they're down. Yeah, no, I'm. They should be able to. They, there's no reason why they can't. But, I mean, I, I can't blame them. That I mean, maybe you could look at it and say, well, they're up all season. You know, every game they're up. And, you know, it is it is a fact that, like, if you don't play from behind a lot, it's really tough to come back. I mean, the Leafs are great at coming back. But as soon as they have a lead, they blow it away. Like, this is what's crazy, right? Is some teams, when they have a lead, they're great with it. Other teams, not so much. And some teams are really good coming from behind. So... I mean, all that says for me with the Rams is you got to, your defense has got to step up. You got to not turn the ball over and, and, and step on the neck while you have a chance, right? Yeah. Speaking of coming back, I think we've got to the end of this where we just need to do our recaps here and we still both need to come back. Yes. Well, Rough we're getting first there. half of the year. 50% for you this week. Not so good for me this week. 38%. Both still sitting under 50% for the year. Not but by in much. striking distance, not by much. In striking distance of getting back to that fifty percent, the locks suck. I'm I can't get a lock right to save my life. <laughs> You're sitting at thirty eight percent on the locks. If you hear me lock up a game, just go the opposite. Instantly, back. I'm still making you money. I'm still making you money as true. long as you fade me. Just fade the locks, and you'll make money. That's that's still a way of making you money. So hopefully you listen to them and fade them. That's true. Um, yeah, I mean I think we should go double lock uh, next week. No doubt. We're going to keep it up. I mean, you might dig yourself a deep hole, but I'm close enough that I want to keep that up. Uh, we'll have to switch up uh, the snake draft for this week. Yeah, so let's start it off. we got to quickly touch on the Thursday nighter. We have New England heading to Atlanta. New England favored by seven here. Atlanta coming off what they refer to in the betting world as a close-your-eyes special by getting beat more than the spread by 20 points. They were horrible. Are they going to come back this week against New England? They're pretty bad. I the problem is is that I have to put 7 points on the like on the Pats. I mean, that's a lot of that's a, a full touchdown with Mac Jones and his Patriots team that I'm not I'm not convinced that they're that good. It's prime time. Maybe Matt Ryan can show up. Maybe a Kyle Pitts game. I don't know. I, I think maybe I'll take the close your eyes special, and I think I will. I'm going to take Falcons plus seven because they're bad, but they're not going to be lose by 20 points again bad. And I think the Patriots are going to have, you know, I guess I said they're going to still be good, but I have a feeling that uh, one of these weeks coming up, they're going to have a kind of 
down to earth. The Pats might win by three. The Pats might win by six. Uh, but seven's the line. Give me the Falcons. Yeah, the Patriots are going to win this game. I feel confident about that. Yes. So if this was more than a touchdown, I definitely probably lean Atlanta's way. But it's at a touchdown, so I'm going New England here. I just think, especially with Patterson possibly being out or possibly being injured or hurt, whether he plays or not, no Ridley, all New England and Bill Belichick is going to have to scheme against is Kyle Pitts. I think they can do that pretty good. I think Mac Jones is just going to keep doing what they're going to do, and I think they're just going to run it down Atlanta's throats here, make this smaller, and just one score here, I am all over New England. I'm kind of at a point where anything that I think should happen, I'm just going to go the opposite because that seems to be what the <laughs> it seems to be what's been going on in the NFL uh, thus far this season. I I don't know. We're gonna have to uh, we're gonna have to find out. Um, anything else before you want to sign it off? A nice little short recap, but we do have our picks podcast as well uh, coming out this week. Um, anything else you got? No, that's all. I'm just looking forward to hopefully having a better week. Looking forward to a third straight Miami Dolphins win. Could Three it, straight maybe? Could it be? Don't call it a comeback, but could it be a comeback? Miami Dolphins to 500. You heard it here first. You win all of them, uh, and you're right there. So, yeah. I mean, uh, we've been a little more active on our Twitter, so that's been good. Uh, follow us at at over six sports at C Charlton Scherf, And as always at uh, Zach Burke over six and for the over six sports podcast, I'm Zach, the bandit Burke. And with me, the turf king that you know and love. And Thank you for listening to over six sports. And we'll chat with you on Thursday. <laughs>